What's up, my friends? How you doing? Hope you're doing great. My name's Kyle. I surf, I make movies, and I love asking questions. These are conversations with fascinating people I meet along the way. You know, one of the most consistent questions that I guess get asked on the Facebooks and the Instagram is what I do to train for big waves. And I always say that the first thing to go um, when you're training for surfing big waves is your cardio. So what I try and do is maintain solid cardio in my life because one of the things with with surfing big waves is you never know when it's going to happen right it's not like you're leading up to a fight and you go through a training camp for two months and then you have your fight and then you go party and don't worry about anything you kind of need to be ready at all times and i would rather have a good fitness level all year long than a great fitness level for part of the year and then completely fall off so I focus on cardio and the most consistent workout that I do includes a jump rope. I travel a lot and this is um, the one piece of workout equipment that I bring with me. And I decided for this podcast to bring on someone who holds multiple national championships in the jump rope world. And in this conversation, we dive deep into the subculture that is competitive jump roping. Um, Shane Windsor is this man who will be on the podcast today. And he also works for a company called RPM, which um, started supporting me uh, about six months ago and started giving me jump ropes that actually work. And um, they have agreed for this podcast to give all of you 15% off of a jump rope. If you would like to take them up on that offer, head over to rpmfitness.com. And then in the, um, the gift code, type in Kyle15. Um, they also are giving away uh, a jump rope and a gift package for anyone who is supporting this podcast. So I've... I've said it before, you can head over to my website, kyle.surf, and click the support button where you can donate even just a buck a month. It helps keep this podcast going, and every month I give away gear from my surf sponsors. So that ranges from uh, food from Patagonia Provisions to complete Sector 9 skateboards, and in this case, RPM jump ropes. Um I have a feeling that you're going to be more interested in the jump rope world than you think you are. And if you need a little uh, taste test, head over to my Instagram or head over to Shane's Instagram, which is in the description below, and check out what this guy actually does with a jump rope. It's mind-blowing. The athleticism that it takes to do what he does, um, it it really is jaw-dropping. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast, and without further preamble, please welcome Shane Windsor. Kyle Cameron here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen, and that being my job. I'm standing in the 
Right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. So when did you move from Boise? Um, like late 2011, I think in June. Um, and it was just kind of had an opportunity, like it made sense. I found a job down there that was in the same industry that I was working in back in Boise and just kind of made a decision and did it. And what was that industry? Uh, I was working in the optical industry. So biology, like studied biology in school, thought I wanted to be an eye doctor and then kind of wound up working on the medical side of like optic, like optical sales. Um, and like kind of doubling as a doctor's aide or like assistant rather, you know? Um, and then also found out I didn't like that and then found kind of a segue job, uh, which was allowing me to work on a sales team for a really cool optical company based out of LA and then help do some design work for them. Oh, that's so cool. Just coming up with like different, like, uh, frame styles and color combinations and things like that. Right. What um, didn't you like about, um, the initial path of being an optometrist, optometrist, is yeah, that right? Exactly. Um, I don't know. I think it just was a little too dry for me. It was, you can or for me anyways, you know, I, I didn't get as much enjoyment out of it as I thought I was going to. I could kind of trick myself into thinking that every set of eyeballs I was looking at was something new and exciting, but it just kind of became too repetitive for me. And Right. At a certain point, it's just yeah. eyes are eyes and there's so much you can do. Exactly. But there are some cool uh, medical breakthroughs that are happening exactly. in the eye world. Yep. And, and my dad had the, um, the laser eye surgery mm -hmm. a number of years ago and it totally fixed his eyes. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's like one of the clinics I worked at was like kind of on the cutting edge of that sort of stuff. Like we had amazing resources as far as getting like new doctors and new technologies and surgeries or even concepts, you know, whatever. And, um, and it was pretty amazing to watch all of that happen, but that wasn't like my day to day, you know? So right. it was cool to kind of get exposed to that, but I was literally, are, are you of the belief that like science will save us in terms of the health realm? Are you kind of just waiting for the next breakthrough to happen so that we can be like doing double under jump ropes at 105? Um, yeah, I think I do believe that actually. I, that's something that we touched on a little bit in school. There's like, at least back then, and this was, I don't know, so many years ago at this point, but, um, like the, not technology, but like the knowledge that or like we've discovered like what it is that actually makes humans age and like get old and like show physical signs of aging. Right. Um, and there is in theory, a way to like stop that, like block those things. Like they're called telomeres, um, in your DNA that like actually just break down and that's what causes your cells to break down and eventually us to get like old and wither away. And they can like stop that from happening in theory. Um, so I guess the idea behind that is like, if you were to start taking it today at 27, you would never like physically age past where you are right now. Um, or maybe not ever, but it would really, really slow down that process. Wow. Um, so I think there is a possibility of that. I don't know if that would be a good thing though. I think, you know. Right, if, well, then it gets into all of the moral philosophy of should people be able to live to forever? Totally, and I don't get hung up on that so much. I think that it would be one of those things like, I always tell people if I could turn into a vampire right now and live forever, I would totally do that just because I'm like super interested in like never dying. Um, but I think that it would probably like eventually cause the end of like humanity. Like we would all end up killing each other like some weird, Right. Well, we're, well, even if you never die, you're still making babies, right? Exactly. It's kind of just a numbers game after a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm interested more in living well to an old age. Exactly. Because right now we have it where doctors can keep you alive for a really long time. I mean, I'm going through this with, with both my grandparents right now. Mm -hmm. They're 97 and 93. Oh, wow. And they're getting 
old and just really slowing down and they're not enjoying life anymore. Sure. Like I go to their house and it's just pills mm-hmm. everywhere. And I'm really interested in staying old and staying fit and healthy and vivacious yep. for a really long time, right? Exactly. Like that seems like that's the ultimate goal. And then maybe if you die at 100, but you're still still crushing it until you were in yeah. your 90s, totally. that's, that's the goal. I think so too. I, I think the last thing I want is to be laid up on a couch or bed rest, you know, and just living the last like 15 years of my life like not able to do the things that make being alive worthwhile I guess you know right right Um, so have you always been an athlete yeah so started um that whole thing I guess when I was a kid like eight years old um and it kind of was accidental to be honest with you it was like especially when it comes to jump rope that was something that my parents put me into is an after school program uh that met it was like a little club at my elementary school that met twice a week um and in the next year that I did that, it turned competitive. And it was kind of one of those things where we were like, I had no idea this could even be a competitive thing. We went to a regional competition that was between Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. And we were like, shit, you know, like we kind of did well, you know, we qualified to go to nationals and we were like, there's this whole world here. Um, And so I think from that point forward, like when I was nine at that point, it was just kind of like this, like actual conscious, like decision to train and make like, decisions in my life based on jump rope and sports and competing so when you were Um, eight you picked up your first jump rope and then at nine that was when you first entered a jump rope competition mm -hmm. specific jump rope competition yep exactly how do those work um it's a good question so they're kind of crazy there it's like this whole underground culty world that nobody knows about um but like super fascinating and most people that are in it are like obsessed for life uh which is funny so they're run much like a gymnastics meet i guess where there are many different events um some are based on speed. So you have speed step, which is like alternating feet, kind of like looks like running in place. Um, and you do that for a certain amount of time. There's 30 seconds, a minute or three minutes. Um, so those are just like raw scores based on how fast you can go. And then we have freestyle elements where you have a minute or 45 seconds to a minute 15, depending on the competition to make up a routine. Um, and obviously those routines are scored or judged based on difficulty, creativity, um, there's like actually like a whole list of required elements and tricks that must be completed in in each set of required tricks or elements. There's like a difficulty scale. Wow. Um, yeah. So your goal there is to put up obviously like the highest score you can and like have no mistakes and make it look nice and clean and snappy. And it's a lot like gymnastics because I was looking at some of your Instagram videos mm-hmm. and watching you do flips and crazy. I'm like, this it's gymnastics. Totally. And so that's one of the required elements in freestyle jumping is it's called inversion and displacement or power, like basically changing your center of gravity. Um, so you can take any form of that, you know, so sometimes it's just doing like a handstand or doing a push up with your jump rope, but you can, you can get creative and try to up that difficulty level by learning flips. And, you know, that was something I did. I took gymnastics later in my jump rope career to supplement my jumping, you know, so Whoa. I, like, I need to learn how to front flip and back flip and side flip and all these things. And so I took gymnastics to learn that to throw it into my routines. Damn. <laughs> you know, like the jump over oh, jump over from if you're a congressman, then you tend to become a lobbyist after. Sure. I have this theory that if you're a competitive jump roper, then you become a backup dancer for Beyonce. <laughs> uh, it's not too far off. <laughs> not too far, I mean, it's the same movement. It's all these like it fast, is. twitchy, <laughs> super like just razor sharp movements. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right behind Beyonce right there with a the yeah, jump rope. Totally. It's some... 
Someone should do that. Like a Beyonce or Lady Gaga just have like 50 dudes behind her. <laughs> all the jump ropes. How cool uh, would that be? It would be cool. Yeah. And that's, it's actually like, you're not off base at all right there. Like I actually have friends from jump rope that work in like the performance industry these days. And like, they like, it's like Cirque du Soleil performances or shows and actual like music videos. And uh, I don't think anybody's worked with Beyonce yet. Um, however, it's not, it's not too far out there. You got to tweet at her. Yeah. Jump rope. <laughs> we should tweet her. <laughs> Wow, that's cool. Uh, so is so you were saying that there's the one where you go one foot, one foot. What's that one called again? Uh, speed. So that's speed, and yeah. that's as as quick as you can go exactly. on a jump rope. That makes complete sense. Yep. And then the other category is freestyle. Freestyle, and that's where you get more creativity in place. You start doing backflips, side flips. Yep. And is it like? Um, are you like Frank from old school going out onto the mat where he's doing the ribbon where like everyone's watching you on the side and you have your routine set in place? Um, yeah, basically. So. And do you know exactly what you're going to do before you go out onto the mat? Uh, best case scenario, yes. So okay. that's that's part of the, the thing about it is you want to have um, everything made up and practice so that you don't get out on the floor in space and go, shit, like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, like if you just wing it, like you're probably not going to show your best stuff you know yeah. um and also you're you're judged on time you have to stay within the certain time window so if it's shorter than 45 seconds you get docked points and if it's longer than a minute 15 you get docked points so so you have to keep track of your time while you're doing the routine um or you you can't have like a coach on the side raise a help a hand yeah or a coach a... on the side doesn't raise a hand there will be a beep um that okay. like signifies that you've hit that 45 second requirement um but then there's nothing that tells you that your time is up until the speaker says time and then at that point if you're not done jumping uh that's when you'll get docked do you have teams yeah exactly so i grew up on a team in boise that was formed at my elementary school uh the school is called Summerwind elementary and so we naturally were called the Summerwind skippers which is kind of a lame name um but yeah, like I grew up on a team, Summer Skippers, and we had like 30, 35 members throughout my entire time on the team. Um, and it kind of, they range in ages, you know, competitions like how I was, they have age brackets that are like six and under, I think now, but all the way up to like 18 to 29, 30 and over, or like 30 to 49 actually, and then like 50 plus, you know, so um, the teams typically range in ages from like elementary school kids to college kids. It's pretty cool. Wow. So what kept you with jump rope? Like, what is it about this specifically that gets you so, so stoked? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see it. I'm beginning to see it more and more that it's because mm -hmm. I think that for people who don't jump rope, or me, I'm kind of just getting into the world and just got to jump rope into my <laughs> workout routine. Yep. You know, I'm at the very base level. Like, it can seem very mundane and repetitive, but I'm beginning to see the creativity and that kind of never-ending um, exploration. But you have to do all of that on a very specific time to beat, which yep. is cool, too. Yeah, exactly. So that's a great question. I think, you know, there were several things that kept me in it initially where I move jump rope into the priority lane like compared to other sports you know i stopped doing other activities so i could focus on jump rope and that decision was made because i i realized potential for being able to be great in the jump rope world um or just being average at any other thing i did um so i was like this is something i want to spend time doing and like it became an immediate goal to like go to every competition i could and win every competition i could you know and so that was what drove me a lot especially in i, I, I wouldn't say even my former years in jump rope or like the beginning years it was like the whole my whole career was based around trying to just win everything i could um but then also like you get the enjoyment from the ability of being creative and working with your teammates you know so all of the 
um, competitions we've talked about, I guess, in the elements of that, like speed and freestyle, you can do those alone or like with partners, you know, so there's double Dutch events, there's synchronized pairs events where you're, you each have your own rope, but you're doing the exact same tricks at the exact same time, you know? And so it, it does allow like, don't for a fuck lot. this up, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> which is like a common fight. Always. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the creativity is endless, you know, it was, especially when we got like more advanced and better, you know, we were always pushing the envelope with like coming up with new tricks and new skills and, and trying to create something that nobody had ever seen before. Um, and so that was like a daily challenge, you know, which was exciting and, and kept it kind of fresh and, and fun. Well, who's your biggest <laughs> rival? Um, that's a good question. I had a couple. So like individually there were people just based on events, right? Like if I knew that I was going into a competition and somebody was going to post a score that was close to mine, like that person would be, um, Arrival, I guess, in quotes, is is a pretty friendly sport overall. Like, you know, I I walked into the door wanting to win and kind of had that attitude. But at the end of the day, it was all very friendly. You know? Yeah. Um, so there's a dude in Colorado named Trevor who was really fast. Like speed was always like one of my favorite things. Like I just love speed because it was raw, no questions asked. It's just like there's you know, you can't say that it came down to a judge having a preference on a trick or a skill set or something like that. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's why people like math instead of art. Exactly. Right. Like, Sometimes they're like, nah, the math equation is either <laughs> correct or incorrect. Exactly. So yeah, like no questions with speed. And it was like, yep, I like whooped your ass and there it is. Like, see you next time, you know? Um, but when it came to freestyle and creativity and, and difficulty, there was a team called the Bouncing Bulldogs out of North Carolina that, like, always rivaled my team, you know. Like, so the Bouncing Bulldogs, and what was your team's name again? Summerwind Skippers. The Summerwind <laughs> Skippers and the Bouncing Bulldogs. Yep, like, head uh, to head. Head to head. It was always... You're like, the best. Nothing that ever gave it up. Exactly. All right. Um, yep, so it was always, like, we, every national and even world tournament, we were always, like, one and two with each other, you know, and it was, like, if we didn't win, they did, and if they didn't win, we did, and it was, again, always very friendly and... You know, the cool thing about Jump Rope is that I've known so many people from across the country and the world for so many years, just being a part of like the competition circuit that I'm still friends with them, you know? And so, yeah, that's a big part of it is having a community. Yep. And when you gain that community, then you see him at the events. And then if you leave the world, then you're like, shit, I haven't seen Sam in like three years. I want to <laughs> exactly. get back there. Yep. So you're still a part of the, the world. Um, I mean, the Jump Rope world, or have you kind of exited from doing every competition now like where are you yeah so i actually haven't competed in in several years i in 2000 what, what was your ranking like what was like th throughout it were you first for a while or what was just ta um, take me through those those kinds of stats yeah so it changes every year obviously you know like after our in the u.s our biggest tournament is the national tournament that happens every june or july um and so you have like I said, you can compete in many events at nationals. And so you'll get ranked on those each individual events. And then every, every score that my name is tied to factors or like filters into like this overall award. Right. So you get like points for first place, second place, third place, like no matter what the group of the event is. Um, and so I had several years at nationals where I obviously would win events and then one overall. Um, and my whole goal with that was to just be like an overall jumper, like a well-rounded jumper. I didn't want to be just a special, like specialist in speed or just in freestyle. Right. Um, and that was something that a lot of people didn't like pay attention to. So I was able to kind of clean up in that department for a while. Right, um, right, right. You know, Cause that was a focus of mine. Um, and then worlds is works very much in the same way, but there are, there's a, a distinction between team events and individual events. So if you go to worlds as an individual, you only do four events and that's 30 second speed, three minute speed, a freestyle routine. And then, um, 
there's an event just it's we call it triple unders which is you jump once in there and the rope goes under your feet three times and you have one shot to do as many unbroken triple unders as possible so if you mess up at two like your score is two or if you go till 500 that's your score whoa um, how many uh is a good score for doing triple unders so now like you need to be able to do probably more than 400 to be competitive back when i was super competitive and ranking internationally uh anything around 300 was super impressive and um whoa i think the most i ever did was like just over 300 like 305 or something like that and and how many um for speed in 30 seconds mm -hmm. is a good score so uh, again when i was competitive 200 so the way that it works in a competition is the judges can't actually count that fast so they only watch your right foot so they'll like get to a side angle and like they have a like little mechanical depressor and every time your right foot hits the floor, they'll click it. Uh, and then your score is doubled because obviously the rope is, or those are two revolutions, yeah. right? It happens twice, but right, left, right, left. Um, so when I was competitive, a hundred on your right foot or 200 in 30 seconds was like minimum, like basically what you needed. Um, and now it's, that one's kind of trickier. Like you don't see as big of um, score jumps in that just cause it's so fast and like 30 seconds isn't a long time, you know? Right. So now, Anything around like 103, 104, 105 is super impressive and will probably get you a record somewhere. Right. But if you get it up to three minutes, obviously that yep. speed just gets bigger. Exactly. I mean, the, the score just gets higher and higher. Exactly. So three minute speed when I was competitive, if you could do around like 470, 480 on your right foot. Um, so is it like... Super fast. <laughs> or is that even too slow? Like, I, is my, is it more like, <laughs> uh, for 30 seconds, it's more like that. I think for sure. It's like, it's kind of overwhelming to, to see, I think for some people that have never seen it before. Um, you know, and that was something I encountered a lot. It was pretty funny when I transitioned out of jump rope and started kind of getting into the CrossFit world and, you know, naturally it would come up like why is it so good at jump rope like they'd pop up in a crossfit workout or whatever you know and they'd be like who is this dude like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this you know um and then you'd show them speed step or you'd show them like old videos and they'd be like there's no rope in your hand like you're faking it you know like it was it's kind of like like i said overwhelming i think for people to see for the first time wow yeah it's like hummingbird wings <laughs> totally um so how did the crossfit world popularize jump roping um that's a great question so my, I guess, a little backstory on that, I think for me, um, my only issue with jump rope the whole time I was in it, not issue, I guess, but like my request or something I was like always feeling let down on was that like jump rope always seemed to be this thing that was for kids. You know, like I was, I felt so underappreciated as a jump roper because I was like, I'm in the gym busting my ass like 15 hours a week, you know, and I'm like landing on my head trying to throw tricks. Right. Like, oh, you jump rope. That's like pinochle, right? Exactly. And you're like, dude, like, shut up. That's a little yeah. like girl sport, like yeah. on the playground, you know? Like, yeah. What do you mean you're a jump roper? And it was just, it always felt so underappreciated. Right. Um, and that was like, one of my goals then was to be like, you know what? I'm going to be like the coolest jump roper on the planet. Like I want people to see me jump roping and being like, shit, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, and it never really happened, which is okay. But then CrossFit was the first time basically in jump ropes history where adults, like people in gyms doing these like hardcore crazy kind of workouts were like, fuck, I need to be better at jump rope. And like, they automatically like immediately cared about jump rope, you know? And I was like, finally. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. So like it really shed some light on not just, like the technicality behind jump rope or around it, but just how beneficial it can be and how taxing it is, you know, in the middle of a workout. If yeah, it's, it's so cool to see people that can clean and jerk 300 plus pounds and lift all these crazy amounts of weight, you know, and then you put a jump rope in their hand in the middle of a workout and then they're just dead. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty cool and pretty telling, I think, um, of how 
kind of strenuous how good of a dancer a person is right (laughs) exactly (laughs) what is it about uh jump rope that's so beneficial um so many things you know obviously not just like endurance like you have to be pretty in shape to be able to jump rope for any you know prolonged period of time you know even 30 seconds a minute three minutes like without stopping it feels like you just ran a mile and, and probably the same physical benefits as that you know um but past that like for me it's been so helpful i think especially as i've gotten older just because my spatial awareness is still kind of off the charts you know and that kind of comes from learning how to do tricks with the jump rope and you have to be able to cross your hands and put a you know an arm behind a leg and not have to look at where it's going and you just like know what's happening with your body right yeah um so really cool because that translates and helps with so many other sports like gymnastics olympic weightlifting football soccer you know um and then i think just Again, the cardio benefits, I think. Yeah, I was was watching a video um, a while ago um, with a guy named Kelly Slater. He's Mm -hmm. the um, 11-time surfing world champion, and he had a trainer, and the trainer said, if I could give Kelly one piece of workout equipment to travel with, it would be a jump rope. Totally. Yeah, and I've been really enjoying it um, since you've hooked me up with a few ropes. just on trips where I will, um, where I have time for like a 20 minute workout, just those super quick ones. Like what if it's a production trip, um, or I've been sitting for a while at a computer and I'll just hop up like, it's great. Yeah, totally. I think it is. And it's like you said, it's, you know, obviously small enough that you can travel with it. Yeah. Throw it in your bag. You don't even know it's there. Um, but just, you can basically do it anywhere, like a hotel room on a site somewhere, you know, warming up before you get in the water, anything. It's it's, yeah. it's one of the best ways to, you know, if you're looking to jack up your heart rate for a few minutes, <laughs> it's a good job at that. So you have, so now you have these competitive uh, CrossFit athletes mm-hmm. that are coming to you because they want to get better at jump rope. Because I, so I watched the, the CrossFit Games um, documentary. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. <laughs> yes. If any, if you haven't seen that documentary, what's it called again? Do you know? Uh, it there, just might just be like the CrossFit Games or something. I think it is just CrossFit or there's one. Holy hell, yeah, man. It's, I mean, what those people are put through physically yep. is just out of this world. And they surprise you. That, that was the coolest thing is that they surprise you with different events that you don't necessarily know. Like the first one they did, they're like, all right, you got to go paddle around this buoy on a surfboard. <laughs> exactly. And some of the guys were just like, damn it. Or like, I can't swim. I can't swim. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so jump roping is one of those things that you have to be ready for. Yep. Exactly. And it's one of those things also where you can, it, it's one of those um, sports where technique plays such a big part. Yep. into it that mm-hmm. if you're a good jump roper and you can get 300 in um you know a minute or something is that possible 300 minute um, i mean what like what what is the um how do they incorporate jump rope into crossfit i guess would be a better question good question that's great so i think most of the time jump rope pops up in crossfit workouts uh as the double under so you jump once the rope goes under your feet twice um that is kind of the primary movement that crossfit uses and you know uh, it's a staple, I think, as a jump roper in, in the CrossFit world for sure. But that's one of those things that, to your point, like if you can be efficient and effective on those, like that can almost be like your resting point in a workout, right? So it shouldn't be this thing that's like super taxing on your body. You shouldn't be burning out in your shoulders or your forearms or like have this crazy grip on your rope, um, especially if, you know, that is in the middle of like a pull-up set or you're doing clean and jerks or something where it's like going to be pretty like grip intensive, you know, taxing on your grip. Um, you want to be able to pick up that jump rope and be relaxed and know that it's not going to be this like crazy. This is your recovery time. Exactly. Right. So um, what are the biggest mistakes that that you see most people make? 
Um, rope length. A lot of people have their rope way too long and it's, it's kind of one of those things. I think it's like a double edged sword, right? Like you have to give and take a little bit with that because a lot of people start out with this, this rope that's two feet over their head and you know, they have all of this, this room with the rope and it gets all wiggly and gross. And then, um, as a result, you end up widening your arms and like opening your arms up to kind of eat up some of that excess length. Um, and then it makes it feel better, but then you're like, I also don't want to be doing that with your arms because it's not efficient, right? And yeah, the airplane arms. You exactly. get tired doing the the circular airplanes yep. after just yeah. a very short amount of time. So as soon as you start doing that, you're going to you know tax your shoulders, your traps, your lats, all those things that really shouldn't be engaged, like super engaged while you're jumping rope. You know, it always comes down. I tell people it's a finesse sport a lot, especially with double unders. It, it literally should come down to like just a flick of your wrist. So you want to keep your your arms in your elbows close uh, and just be able to try to like minimize those movements and let your wrist actually do the driving of the rope. Gotcha. And how, um, in the CrossFit games, how do they incorporate jump rope into the workout? What are they norm? What other exercises are they normally doing? Um, it's different every time. So that's one of the cool things about CrossFit. You know, it's sometimes like a good example, a couple of years ago, they threw in, um, double unders with a 3k row like on the skier or the not skier the rower concept too um so a 3k row 300 double unders and then a three mile run and that was a workout you know and that like killed a lot of people 300 double unders is no joke um that can take you know if that's all you were doing and someone said go 300 double unders for time like you could probably whip it out pretty quick uh but if you know you have a three mile run afterwards and you just got off the off the rower for three 3000 meters, you're probably going to be pretty toast, you know? Wow. Um, and then last year at the games, um, I, they threw it into a workout that I think had like an air assault bike, like a Airdyne double unders, but they, it was the first time ever that the CrossFit games had not let the athletes bring their own ropes onto the floor or in competition. And they supplied them with ropes that were actually weighted. So they were heavier. And so that was a, a pretty interesting way for CrossFit to change it up. You know, what um, do you think about weighted jump ropes? Um, I have mixed feelings on it. You know, it was something that I used in training and I guess when I say weighted as a competitive jump rope, it wasn't like a three pound jump rope. It, it went from being like six ounces to maybe like a pound, you know, and it was something, um, that obviously just wasn't necessary for what I was doing in the competition world with jump rope because we're really focused on like fast twitchy movements, not anything that's going to be slow. And it's, we were never treating jump rope as this like muscle building activity. You right. Know? Um, but I would use it obviously to like with speed step or triple unders to practice having a little resistance. So that way, when it came down to it, um, I could be faster and it would, you know, you have this kind of like mental switch there that happens like, okay, I know that I can hit this score with the heavy rope. Let's see what I can do with, with my regular speed rope. Right. When, uh, when I broke my arm uh, a couple years ago, skateboarding, my physical therapist would give me a weighted rope mm -hmm. to help work out my forearms sure. and i was like i was blown away a couple minutes i'm like ow my forearms hurt <laughs> yeah. Whew, got it going but um it does make sense that it would be fair to give all of the athletes the exact same rope because it's one of those movements where you could have a a jump rope that's like a honda civic and the other one <laughs> the other guys like a for, formula one race guard depending totally. on the materials that they're using correct yeah so basically across the board, like in jump rope and even the CrossFit world, there's regulations on what kind of jump ropes you can have, you know, obviously nothing that's self-propelling or that's moving itself for like electronic <laughs> of any yeah. sort, you know? And so when it comes down to it, I always think this is kind of interesting because I, I work for a jump rope company currently called RPM Fitness. Obviously, you know this, but, um, and we were kind of the first people ever to put some like ideas and like 
engineering behind a jump rope. You know, we have a very like technically advanced jump rope for a jump rope. You know, it's made with aluminum and it's like super tight tolerances and on a bushing that can spin like a million times before it fatigues or whatever. And um, it's so funny that we have this this rope that's capable of setting world record speeds and like literally being the fastest jump rope on the planet. Um, but no human will ever be able to max that out, you know, like or maximize its cap- like full capabilities uh, just because like we can't move that fast. It's not humanly possible. Right. So it's to your point, like if it's coming down between like a Civic and a Formula One car, like depending on the athlete, like you probably won't even notice a difference. Um, but it is cool to have something that, you know, is going to be reliable and dependable and it's guaranteed. And, you know, um, I, I think that you can definitely feel the difference between what I was using when I was a kid and competitive, which was just like a crappy old plastic handled rope and what we have now, you know? No, those um, things suck. I hated jump roping for so long. I would go to the gym and I would use one of the plastics, plastic ones. and I couldn't get more than 10 because it would I was like, it's not me. This is not me. This is <laughs> <Totally>. the rope. <laughs> yep. This stupid rope. And I throw it away. I'm like, I'm going swimming. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a, a common problem. You know, like we had ones that would like, they'd get like a bunch of torque or tension built up in the cable and they'd get all curly and you'd have to like stop and like shake your rope out. And it would, you know, um, so RPM has done a really good job of like solving that problem and solving any sort of like power transfer issues. Like a, that's one of the cool things about the RPM ropes is that uh, they're super responsive, I think, you know, and that's something that I'm probably a little more tuned into than your average guy. Um, yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> just, you know, it's, it's cool to have that have that feeling when you go to throw something, you know, you're going to do a triple under or quad under or whatever. And the rope is just like right there with you, super responsive. Um, quad it's, it's under. Cool feeling, yeah. So how did you get um, from working in the optical world to working in the jump rope world was that a natural transition um no and it was actually kind of random to be honest with you and i was at a point in my life where i had kind of put like pumped the brakes on jump rope you know i I had left the jump rope world when i was done competing i did my last major competition in 2010 uh and then coached for my team for a season that i grew up competing for and then after that i was like okay you know like i'm done actually like i need a little bit of a break from the jump rope world um and that was when i had moved to los angeles and was working in the optical industry one day got an email um from shane rogers my boss now at rpm fitness saying hey dude you know we've we've created this rope like we're in the crossfit world and we've created like what we think can be the world's like fastest and best jump rope uh we kept seeing your name on old like jump rope blogs and results sheets you know saying that you have like some world record or national record and we want to send you one and see what you think um and i was kind of like okay what is this you know like even i think i might have even responded been like yeah you can send me one but i don't jump rope anymore so like i'll try it out yeah it's hung the rope exactly like i'm I'm an old man yeah (laughs) um so sure enough, they sent me a rope and it was amazing, you know, and it was, I was kind of surprised. I was able to hit scores that I was obviously not hitting while I was at my peak, but something that was pretty close, you know, which was amazing uh, considering I hadn't really tried or like trained in jump rope for like a year and a half, two years. Um, so that's when I was like, shoot, like sign me up for this thing, you know, like what, what can I do to help you guys out? And we made a couple tweaks on that first, first like very first generation of the rope um and you know still was living in los angeles though rpm is based in los gatos so i was kind of just like helping them out with events um crossfit events across the country and you know coming up when i could and helping the team or whatever and then finally after a year or so of that um, we made it official and i moved up here and joined the team and haven't looked back that's great <laughs> what um what workouts would you recommend for people who are just getting into this because i think that um one of the big barriers to entry within jump roping and I'm kind of just crossing this mm-hmm. is that I have I've 
had my workouts that I enjoy doing or I'll do kettlebells, I'll do pull-ups, I'll do push-ups and, you know, maybe go on a swim and then incorporating jump rope into it has been frustrating for a little while because at the beginning I suck at jump roping and it kind of just, it, it's, it, um, fractures the workouts mm-hmm. like, shit like i want to get this but then it stops and it's like you know i hit myself in the head and i hit myself <laughs> in the feet and i'm like this is, all right i'm over this i want to just keep keep the rhythm up so yeah. how would you recommend people incorporate it into the workout without getting too frustrated totally so i think that that happens you know quite a bit and it's like you said, it's really frustrating when you're in the middle of a workout and you can't stop messing up with your jump rope. And then you feel like you just didn't like you're, you're ruining the benefits of that workout almost or losing those. Right. Um, so for that situation, I always tell people to like, maybe focus on jumping for a certain amount of time. Uh, don't focus on a certain skill, like just do, you know, basic bounce, um, single bounces and you can work on going faster or slower with those. And and you'd be surprised at how beneficial that will be in the middle of a workout. Even, you know, it's not as intense as double unders maybe, or, or something like that, or even speed step. But if you can focus on doing single bounces for a certain amount of time, um, rather than number of jumps, I think that would be helpful. You know, that's one way to kind of overcome that. And jump rope is one of those things that naturally, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. So it, it's it's one of those things that I've also... heard that about skills. <laughs> yeah, right. In theory, <laughs> never experienced it myself, but I read a um, book on it once. <laughs> Tried optimism once, but I knew it wouldn't work. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's one of those things that if you focus on like, okay, I know that like maybe in between my pushups or kettlebell swings, I'm going to jump rope for a minute and watch the clock and account for those breaks. You know, if you mess up and you're like, okay, that was like a five second mistake. Like, don't, don't let that go into like your working time, you know? So right. Kind of make up for that. Um, or use it as a warm up or a cool down. You know, that's that's I teach seminars pretty frequently uh, within the CrossFit world, uh, primarily focusing on the double under. But so many people are like, this sucks. I'm so frustrated. Like I, I get to jump rope in a workout and I just automatically like get a bad attitude and I know it's going to be shit. And then it's shit, you know, because you go into it that that kind of that view on it. Um, so I always get people to use it as a warm up tool, um, which is like sneaky practice, right? If you think, oh, I'm just warming up like this isn't even going to be intense. It's not a workout. I'm just kind of farting around before my actual workout starts. That's like practice that you don't realize is practice. Right. Uh, so that's been a, a pretty big success, I think, for a lot of the a lot of people that struggle with that. Sneaky. Mm hmm. I like it. Secret practice. Secret practice. Um, that's cool, man. I'm uh, I'm digging it. I'm I'm really enjoying my my. It's such a cool like. It just makes me feel a little like Muhammad Ali. Totally. I gotta say, it's one of those things where I've never been a boxer. Never even gotten in a fight. Total <laughs> pussy. But jump roping kind of makes me feel like I'm training for a fight. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm like, all right, cool, like basically just kick someone's ass dude i totally get that i I was like you know when you're like in a a five-hour jump rope practice or four-hour jump rope practice and you like go a little bit crazy because nobody should jump rope that long i don't think ever um but i would totally envision shit like that and be like oh yeah like you know in the middle of a speed workout and pretend i was like i don't with the the rocky movie like running up the stairs and shit you know and then like doing freestyle routines and like i could probably use this like in an actual fight like probably kill somebody with a jump rope meanwhile there's a guy listening to this in his car who's a black belt in jujitsu i mean like you guys are such idiots it's like it's like one degree away from gamers being like yeah you know like i knew this uppercut move so i can really kick someone's ass exactly yeah it's not too far removed right also i've never been in a fight i don't think i would like think about grabbing my jump rope if i was I might. I've, I've done some barefoot jump ropes and that shit hurts does, when you right? hit it. Like, yeah. ah, 
true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no barefoot jump rope. Right on, man. So do you do CrossFit as well? Is that, I mean, you're, are you a competitive CrossFit-er now? Um, I'm not a competitive CrossFitter, but I, okay. I use CrossFit to work out. Okay. Um, and in CrossFit, there is sort of a competitive nature to just like the regular programming and the workouts, you know? And so that was something that... I like initially drew me to CrossFit because I was a competitor for 17, 18 years in jump rope and kind of felt like I needed that or wanted that back. Yeah. Um, and so that's what CrossFit does for me every day. You know, I get to go into the gym and see the workout and see the scores posted on the board that people have done before me and, you know, compete with the people in my class at noon every day or whatever. Um, but I'm not competitive as far as like the, the actual CrossFit game circuit goes. Like I, I get schooled so hard by <laughs> you um so you are rpm sponsors a lot of crossfitters mm-hmm. god what are those people like um they're all really awesome for the most part actually you know that's a part of my job with rpm is is kind of managing those relationships um and most of the people that we work with are so awesome and so rad and you know i think you have to be um a little crazy to like dedicate your life to like destroying your body working out day in and day out you know like these guys are so intense and for a lot of them it is their their full-time job they train three maybe four times a day um you know and and they get so like we're like wrapped up in that world and it like you have to be to be competitive on like the games or the world level you know um you have to be an expert in so many different categories of fitness you know so olympic weightlifting gymnastics you have to be able to walk on your hands you have to be able to do like 50 pull-ups without stopping you have to be able to clean and jerk like excessive amounts of weight you know and so um but those people are also like crazy enough to do that shit but it makes them fun people to hang out with you know and they're so energetic and so nice and yeah for the most part so genuine i think that's a really cool thing about the crossfit community is is so many people are so friendly and genuine and everybody has an interest in everybody getting better at whatever they're trying to do which is pretty cool right who um who do you sponsor? I mean, who, who's someone who's like, I just want to know about some of these workouts. Cause I, <laughs> I watched this documentary and I, you know, I do my workouts I'm in shape, but that it's just a whole nother level of pain and pushing yourself and like seeing these guys and, and girls too, yeah. like oh. climb the walls and like throw the sandbag <laughs> over the fence. And then like the guy like whispering is like, oh, I learned this new technique about how you can throw the sandbag up over the fence. And <laughs> right. like, it's really going to help you. And it's like, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And then they're like, finish it. And they're like, ice baths. Okay. <laughs> yeah, on to yeah, the next right? one. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, like, what are some stories that you hear from these people? Um, I mean, basically that, you know, I think the, the top of the game for CrossFit is called the CrossFit games, you know, and that is where people have to go through an online qualifier to qualify or advance to a regional competition. And then from there, the top three or five, uh, people go to the CrossFit games. So like literally like your world championships of CrossFit and those typically happen outside, um, in the middle of the summer. So you have that kind of this unknown weather element, you know, it's maybe going to be a hundred degrees and you have to run three miles and do 200 pushups and 300 air squats or something crazy, you know? And so it's, I think some of the, the stories I've heard or like the most epic stories I've heard revolve kind of around that, you know, it's the heat, the heat and just like the intensity of the workout. And a lot of the times you show up at the games and you don't know what the workout's going to be. So like, I know you mentioned that earlier, but like you literally show up and you aren't able to practice the event. Unlike regionals where they, they release the workouts in advance. So the athletes that make it to regionals say, okay, I know I've got 
seven workouts that I have to do over the course of this weekend. Um, and you have the opportunity to practice those and figure out what your like game plan or strategy is going to be for each workout at the games. It's not like that. Like you maybe know one going into it, uh, but you show up and you're sitting there and you're dressed in your workout clothes and maybe a pair of shoes, <laughs> like lifting shoes, maybe or running shoes. You don't know. Uh, and the director of the CrossFit games will be like, okay, you're doing X, Y, Z ready, set, go. <laughs> and it's just like full panic, like get after it mode, you know? Um, yeah man that's it's so crazy i i mean i watched again i should keep going back to this doc like i watched it and i was just like how badly are you injuring yourself <laughs> like what do you think um, is this going to be like one of those like epidemics is it going to be like the football story with like concussions <laughs> where they're like like all of these champions can no longer walk like or yeah. do you think that it's one of those things where they get good enough at protecting themselves I mean, obviously, they know how to do a, a correct um, movement of mm -hmm. any kind. But do you think that it's one where you get going so quickly that you compensate? Um, yeah, I don't think so. I think that, you know, the guys and girls that make it to the games are so in tune with their bodies and they know how far they can push themselves and they know when they have to stop if they have to stop, you know. And so I think it's one of those things that they're so willing to put push their bodies to like the literal max and then like quickly recover and like try to do it again. But I don't think that it rarely is there going to be a situation or has there been a situation where somebody has a heat stroke or pushes themselves too hard and like ends up breaking something or getting like severely injured. You know, I think right. that um, especially at that level, they're way too in tune with their bodies to let that happen. Right. Um, and well, that, it seems like heat stroke would actually be one of the more common things if it's a super hot day and you're just doing crazy workouts because yeah. humans can only go so far with that. But yeah, I'm, I, I guess my question was more with like t tweaking something because of poor movement. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's... They that's not the case with CrossFit much. games. Yeah. yeah, I think that CrossFit kind of has a bad rap for that and a, a lot of times with the beginners um, who walk into a gym and they maybe don't have any athletic experience or background and they see the CrossFit games documentary and they're like, shit, I'm going to be like rich Froning and walk into a CrossFit gym and, <laughs> you know, deadlift 500 pounds on my first day. And right. that's, those are the people that maybe get hurt. And it's unfortunate that that happens, but it happens. I think it happens to those people who are going from the beginner to intermediate stage. It's like that in almost every sport. Same with exactly. the um, most deaths in uh, spearfishing are the people who are just graduating from beginner to intermediate and they're starting to take deeper dives, mm -hmm. but they are, don't really have that, um, that awareness of how far that they can, how far they can go. Totally. And I think that's, and they're like, you know, trying to keep up with someone who's a lot better than them. That's exactly. another thing within CrossFit is that it is competitive. And that's why you get such good workouts too. Yep. You're like, I'm go, 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 go. Like, oh, damn, where's Shane? All right, Shane's over there. I got this. I got this. You know? <laughs> but if you don't have the movement and that awareness, then uh, you can go downhill pretty quickly. Totally. And I think for me, I always look at that as like a coaching opportunity, right? Like if you, if you walk into a gym that has a great coaching staff, like they're going to be clued into that kind of behavior and, and like see that happening and be like, oh, okay, like pump the brakes a little bit, dude. You know, we've, we've got to work on some fundamentals with you still and, and get the basics down so that you can be fucking great one day, you know, but, um, I know that CrossFit definitely has a bad rap sometimes for people getting injured for like trying stuff that's too hard, too fast. Um, yeah. and like you said, that happens in every sport and CrossFit's popular right now. So it's obviously in the limelight a lot of the times and it started in Santa Cruz, right? Yeah, it did. So it was founded, uh, by a dude named Greg Glassman who actually, I think he still lives in Santa Cruz. Um, and it was, you know, 
it's a really cool philosophy. I think, you know, the, the fundamentals or the basics of CrossFit is that you want to be proficient at many different types of working out like at, at, a, at an elementary level, you know, so, um, ignoring the CrossFit games and the world championships of CrossFit right now, um, you walk into a gym and nobody's expecting you to be that person. They want you to be able to do a push up or a couple push ups. you know, a pull up on a, on a gymnastics bar, maybe with good form, uh, know the basics of how to do Olympic weightlifting with good form. And nobody cares about the, the number the weight that's on that bar, you know? Um, and so I think that's something that's really neat and what, that's what makes the workouts exciting. It's something different every single day because you can pull from so many different, um, areas of sport, you yeah. know? functional movement exactly it's like the anti-muscle beach bicep builders exactly the guys who are just sitting down like, oh, yeah, look at that bicep. <laughs> totally. popping those veins out oh, exactly yeah. and a cool result of crossfit is that you end up lifting a lot of weight and doing a lot of pull-ups and so you you do get like a cool bicep pump some days uh but that's not what you're training for you know you're training for longevity in any sport or just life you know yeah. being able to be 70 and go on a hike still or walk up the stairs yeah. and your mother-in-law is like can you move that refrigerator for me <laughs> totally. like absolutely <laughs> got it mom yeah exactly <laughs> totally. uh right on man um what, well, what else should people know about um about this world before we wrap up here um it's crazy know, I think... I'm, I'm i've learned so much yeah i uh, had no idea about the jump rope world and I, so i i have this fascination with um obscure sports mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> i had this this woman on who's the uh champion for ice swimming it's the American champion for ice swimming. So that she goes up into Russia where ice swimming is a sport. It's a, it's bigger in, in Russia and they'll cut out, um, they'll cut out frozen, uh, swimming pools in, in frozen lakes, oh like Olympic sized swimming pools. Okay. And then they'll go in and they'll do laps, um, and try and avoid hypothermia. And this is under the ice. Um, it's, it, well, they'll cut out, oh, they'll cut, they'll, okay, they'll cut it out. They'll cut it out, but they have to, um, continue to remove the ice throughout the day because the lake will refreeze <laughs> oh over and they set up bleachers and there's hot dogs and like you're a fan <laughs> in the bleachers and there'll be some Russian guy pouring you vodka. And it's like a whole thing that I had no yeah. idea about. Um, and I just, I trip out, man. Yeah. I just love tripping out on those kinds of sports. Dude, that's crazy. It's going to be on ESPN 8, the Ocho, right after National Jump Rope Championship. I, I, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait until it's like CrossFit Games. All right. Ice swimming. Seriously. I'm like, I, shit, I'm from Florida. Yeah, right? <laughs> you said like 70 degree water. Um, right on, man. Well, um, thanks for stopping by. When uh, where, where can people get in touch with you and learn more about this? Um, all over the place. We're on Instagram. You can check me out. My handle is Schwinzer or that's S-H-W-I-N-S-O-R or you can check us out RPM Fitness um, or check out our website RPMFitness.com you can get in touch with me there too if you have any questions alright man thanks Sweet. for stopping by thanks dude thanks so much for listening my friends if you want to get in touch with me head over to Facebook or Instagram I reply to all of my messages if you have feedback on this podcast recommendations for upcoming guests let me know I love hearing from you All right, get out there, do a workout today, and give someone a high five. See ya.